Father God, we do thank you. We praise you, Lord, for such a wonderful uh, salvation. Thank you, Father in heaven, for your gracious care for us and for your guidance to us through the word. And thank you, Lord, for the provisions you've made for our Christian lives. For indeed, without thee, without the, the um, influence of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we would be really, really sad Christians, we can see. So, Father, we pray for your grace and mercy this morning as we look into your word. Amen. All right. Thank you for coming along. Welcome to our international visitor, Roger, and uh, Sister Sharon, who we haven't seen for a while. Thanks for coming along. Um, so we've been, we've been looking at the, um, uh, the, the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us um, for Christian service. And uh, we finished off the um, uh, last week with Ephesians 5.18. And I'll just go back to it to quote it correctly. Uh, being filled with the Spirit. So Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. So we, we looked at that and we said, now that's all very well and good. But how do, we, how do we actually get filled with the Spirit? No. Yes, that's right. So, so we said, how do we actually get filled with the Spirit? But what we found what, was what this was like a, a special godly benefit if we meet certain conditions in our lives. As, as we went through that study... This is, the, this is the idea that, that came through. And um, we thought, well, you know, what, what does it actually mean considering that we are already, as soon as we are saved, we are the temple of God and, and the Spirit of God dwells in us. So we said, well, what's, what's the difference between that? And uh, it, it appears to be that, that godly benefit if we meet a very important condition in our lives. And we found that that condition was in fact to yield to God's commands, to yield to, um, to the Holy Spirit's conviction. So even though there wasn't, we couldn't actually find a specific um, uh, formula in there like, like there is for being saved, uh, we found that everything seemed to point to this, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit as we yield our lives to God, as we yield our daily decisions. Now today... We're going to look. Um, we're going to look at um, uh, ha- what fruit the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. Now, yielding to the Spirit and living dependent on Him allows the Spirit's power in our lives. And once the Spirit's power is unleashed in our lives, it begins to show in our lives as fruit. Now, sometimes. When we think of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we think to ourselves of spectacular things. We think of, you know, oh, I'm going to be a missionary in darkest Africa. Uh, I'm going to convert hundreds of people to Christ. And we think, of the, we think of the spectacular when we think of this. And we know that there are certain branches of the Christian church that really focus on what they consider the spectacular um, fruits of the Spirit. But... You know, to be a missionary, for example, is certainly a worthy cause if it's God's will. And, uh, and as we've seen, that's not necessarily the case 
for everyone to go into darkest Africa, for example. But there are other bread and butter type fruits, and if you forgive the pun, there are other common fruits um, that are applicable to all Christians. So our key text for this morning is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. So if we, tu- if we turn there, Galatians, just before Ephesians, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and I'll just read that out, and then we'll go back as a comparison to verse 19 to 21. So Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now let's just go back to verse 19 because it's always good to have a look at this contrast. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think that these, uh, these works of the flesh are um, extreme, but, you know, remember, if, if you think of murder, the Bible tells us that if we, if we hate someone enough to, to, uh, to you know, to desire their, their downfall, that's, that's the same as murder. So there, there are many of these works for the flesh that we can still exhibit now as, as Christians. But, um, so we have, the, we have these horrible works of the flesh. Now, they're a good contrast so that we're left with no doubt about the desirability of the fruits of the Spirit. And as we saw the fruits of the Spirit, um, they, they look much more desirable. They, they are in fact listed here as supremely attractive um, in, and desirable in place of these ugly works of the flesh. We can see here that the works of the Spirit uh, show a, a unity. They, they show a, a coherence uh, of the life in the Spirit as opposed to the disorganisation and the instability of life under the dictates of the flesh. So, let's have a look at them a bit more closely. So we have love, we have joy, we have peace, we have long-suffering, we have gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And to many people, uh, these don't look spectacular, especially if someone is looking for the praise of of men, humans, these don't look so spectacular. I mean, meekness, come on, you know, it doesn't look spectacular. But I can tell you that these look spectacular when you're looking for the praise of God. I mean, if we can, if we can exhibit these, these fruits, I think the Lord would be extremely pleased with us. These would be spectacular in his eyes. So let's have a look at each one. Um, separately. Now, as as many commentators like to do, they love to characterize. They love to categorize, and a couple of the commentators that I've looked at have cat- categorized these this way. So they reckon the first three 
are in relation to God, love, joy, and peace. I, I don't fully agree with, with the statement, but look, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's a category, and, and we can look at them in threes. The second three, I think, I think their description is correct um, in relation to man. So uh, our long-suffering in relation to our fellow Christians, our, our gentleness, our goodness, I can, I can understand. I, I agree with that. And then the last three... Uh, they put into this category, they, they, they say these are in relation to one's, one's own inner life. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that as well, I think. Faith, meekness, temperance, that's like our, our disposition. But anyway, um, I, I think it's good to break them up a little bit and it helps us to, to understand what's going on. So let's, let's go into each one then. So... So we assume now, um, just before we move straight into that, um, a, little, a, little, a little aside. We assume that the fruits of the Spirit are produced in one who is filled with the Spirit. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. Now let's have a look at uh, John 15 uh, verses 1 to 8 before we move on to the, to the fruits. So just turn to John 15, 1 to 8. Now, I know there's someone here who knows this by, by memory. We're not going to read every single verse, but uh, I'm just going to pick out a few things uh, in, in these verses. So John 15, verse uh, 1. I am the true vine. Of course, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He says, I am the true vine. Then if you move down to verse 4, he says, abide in me. Now look at verse 5. Um, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now look at verse 8. Henceforth is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So we can see here that the Holy Spirit produces fruit through the believer who is in vital union with Christ. This is, this is very challenging. When we consider our human lives, when we consider our frailties, when we consider our, prone, our, our, our proneness, if that's a word, to sin, um, this, this, is, this is amazing. That, that, uh, this is very challenging that, that we would be in vital union with Christ, that, that these fruits would be exhibited in our lives. The, the other thing I want to point out, in verse 8, the Father glorified that the herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so that ye shall be my disciples. Now, remember that um, in the book of Acts, the disciples were described as being filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, we can see that coming through. That um, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means we have to be in vital union with Christ. So. Let's go back now to Galatians 5 and have a look at the uh, fruits one by one. So the first of these fruits uh, in relation to God, they say, is love. And uh, that, that self-denying, self-sacrificing, Christ-like love, which is the foundation of all the other fruits. And of course, we, 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 many of us are very familiar with um, uh, the fact that there is a divine exposition of this love found in 1 Corinthians 13.4. So I'll just read three or four verses of uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4. 
Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. And it goes on. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. My goodness, what, what a list. What, what a challenging list. And now Jesus has exhibited all this love to us. When, when, when the Bible says charity suffereth long, God's, God's love for us suffereth long. He says that he delays, he delays judgment so that people have more time to repent. So he's long-suffering, he's kind. There's no envy in his heart. So what a blessing if, if we are to be bestowed with the very gifts, with the very fruits that, that Jesus exhibits. And of course, Matthew 7.12, for example, would talk about the golden rule, do, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And Romans chapter 13 actually says that love is the fulfillment of the law. So love, the first fruit, the first challenging fruit of the Spirit, love. The second one, the second one is joy. Now joy is conferred by Christ upon his followers. You can't manufacture this. And we'll see that in John 15, 11. And is brought about by the Holy Spirit. Again, God has to work from without to give us, to, to affect this fruit in us. So John 15, 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. We're not, God is not talking here in halves that our joy may be full. God's desire for us is that we would rise above all the issues, all the issues of life. And then 1 Thessalonians 1.6 says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word with much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. And it's very interesting here how it make, makes it quite clear, God makes it quite clear, look, you're going to have trouble, you, you're going to have much trouble, but you will have joy in that trouble. You'll have the joy that I'm there, that I'm looking after you, that I will, that I will care for you, that I'll bring you out of the trouble when the time comes. So joy, wonderful, wonderful fruit. Then peace. Now peace is the, is the gift of Christ. This doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from position. It comes from Christ. And we'll look at that in a second. And includes that inward repose, that inward um, uh, uh, disposition. And of course, uh, we'll see that in Philippians 4, 6, and a harmonious relationship with others. So, John fourteen twenty seven, the Apostle John says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, not as the world giveth. Nothing we can get in this world will give us that peace. <coughs> give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This, this peace is so wonderful that the Bible actually tells us um, in verse 7, of, uh, of, Galatia, of Philippians 4, 
It says that this peace passeth all understanding and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I don't think we've, I don't think unless we've actually suffered for the Lord that we would understand this from experience. I think it would be good to talk to some people from Myanmar or, or some of the other countries where, where they have actually suffered for the Lord just to get an understanding of, of the beauty and the value of, of the peace that God gives us. But we, we can see it in our lives as we face trials, as we face difficult times, that humanly speaking, we, we would look for others to help us get out of. But the Lord, the Lord can offer that peace through, through the fruit of his spirit. So peace, the first, the first three. So the second three are long-suffering, gentleness and goodness in relation to man. So these are specifically how we would relate to one another. So long-suffering relates to one's attitude to others and involves a refusal to retaliate or work vengeance for wrong received. Now it doesn't mean that people walk all over you, though sometimes I wonder... If, if you do have to actually allow that sometimes. But anyway, but we are not motivated by selfish desire to defend our rights at all costs. So Ephesians 4.2 gives us another in indication. It says, Ephesians 4.2, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, there's that word again, which, which means patience, perseverance, slowness in avenging wrongs. That idea of leaving it to the Lord to avenge us. Because in fact, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I don't want to stay. I don't want to be on, the, on that side where the Lord is repaying me for, for something that I did wrong. I, I don't want to be there. So with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now we'll notice there um, that in Ephesians 4.2 and 4.3, long-suffering seems to be linked with unity. So I wonder if unity is only possible in the Christian, in the Christian circles when there is long-suffering. So here's a question for you, and the answer is probably quite obvious, but how might you display long-suffering on the freeway? Yeah, Beep. <laughs> that's right, exactly, exactly. Isn't it funny? Now, you know, long-suffering on the freeway is actually logical because if we need to get off the freeway quickly, if we've made a misjudgment and we need to get off the freeway quickly and we're in the right-hand lane and the exit is on the left-hand lane, what are we going to do? And someone might beep us. So, you know... We're probably guilty of the same thing as, as we might accuse someone else of. So long-suffering is actually is reasonable, even from, a, even from a humanistic point of view. But imagine as the Holy Spirit produces that fruit in us. So then the second of the second three is gentleness, better rendered kindness, that quality of being well-meaning. 
and it comes from the Greek word for manageable. So, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit here is that we are manageable, that we are mild and pleasant as opposed to harsh and bitter. So gen gentleness. And then, of course, goodness. This uprightness that abhors evil, that doesn't rejoice in evil. A clean-cut honesty of, of motive and conduct. And uh, it comes from the Greek word to mean of good constitution or nature. And the same word is used in a couple of other areas, like, for example, in Matthew chapter 7, where it talks about the three soils and the good soil that brings forth good fruit. That, that, that's the same word, that, that's the same root word for goodness. And then, of course, when... Um, uh, Sorry, the, the good seed was in Luke 8.8. 8. Sorry about that. But in Matthew 7.18, it's the good tree that also brings forth good fruit. So it's, the, it's that idea. Now, this upright, uprightness of heart and life, this goodness, this kindness, Paul said this of the Roman Christians in Romans chapter 15. So this is achievable for us. He's, he commended them for, for this uh, fruit of the Spirit. So in summary of these three that we've looked at, these three, long-suffering, gentleness and goodness, instead of seeking revenge, the idea here is the spirit-controlled person will show gentleness and goodness to others instead of being bitter. Now, that's not natural, is it? Our, our natural desire, our natural disposition is, is to be on the defensive, to, to, to snap, to misunderstand and, and uh, you know, to, to, be, to be quick to anger. That's, a, that's our natural disposition. So this is not natural. We need the Holy Spirit to, in order for us to respond um, to, to people who might be rude uh, who might be hateful towards us, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to respond with kindness and politeness. That's a massive, spectacular gift to overcome that feeling of... <coughs> that, that, that is spectacular in, 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 in my view. So here's another question. How might a hateful person respond when we show them gentleness and goodness instead of revenge. How, how would they respond? How might they respond? Hopefully your conscience should tell you you were wrong. Uh, no, yes, yes, that's right. But if, if, we, if we respond to a hateful person in a polite way, without, without exacting revenge, how would we expect that person to respond? Yeah. Yep, yep. And there is a Bible verse for that. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And also, so the kindness diffuses the situation and it also reveals Christ to them. Where have they seen Christ before? Probably nowhere. Here we are as a Christian and we have this opportunity to display a quality of Christ which they may have never seen. They may have never found anything to attract them to Christ. 
except for an attitude like this. So goodness, uh, goodness, long-suffering and gentleness. Now the next three, the next are faith, meekness and temperance. John. Yes, John? Bingo, you, you stole the words right out of my mouth. There's a faith song. <laughs> is the faith. That's the I know. Faith is the way we treat and react to our belief system and to God. That's it. It's coming. Thank you anyway. In this setting, this is not faith, just as Brother John had said. This is not the faith. Otherwise, it would be at the start of the, um, of the list. But in this case... Uh, it, is, it is faithfulness. So it comes from the Greek word fidelity. And, and that, that fidelity means faithfulness to a cause or to loyalty or, or to an allegiance. And uh, the secondary meaning is the character of one who can be relied upon. So this fidelity makes one true to his promise and faithful to his task. So as spiritual Christians, we are dependable when, when we are led by the Now, if we say to God, oh God, I will follow you, without, without the Holy Spirit, that's an empty promise, isn't it? We, we, can't, possibly, we can't possibly carry that out. But with, with, the, gift of the, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that statement has some truth in it, doesn't it? In fact, we could probably carry that. That, that statement out. So faith or faithfulness. Thank you. And then uh, we have um, meekness. Meekness based on humility um, denotes an attitude towards others in keeping with true denial of self. And it conveys the idea of a listening ear to what God has to say. And it's, it's submission to God and unselfishness to our fellow man. Meekness, a wonderful fruit. And then the last one, the last of the nine, and the second three, uh, the third three, which are um, uh, the, our inward character, so to speak, is temperance. So the control of the self-life by means of the spirit, which turns out to be a rational restraint of the natural impulses. Now, the natural impulses, as we say, are, are paramount in our lives. A temperate person, for example, doesn't fly into a rage when they're upset. They control the, the, old, nature, the old nature, the desires of the old nature. The, and this only, can only come from, from this fruit of the Holy Spirit. On our own... <laughs> As I said before, it's, it's much easier to fly into a rage. It's much easier to, to make a sharp comment because this, the, the, the flesh is weak. The Holy Spirit says that's not the way to do things. As someone else mentioned, the conscience, the conscience talks to us about what the Holy Spirit is telling us. So temperance, self-control. Now, against such there is no law, the Bible says. If we, if we look at that uh, verse there, that when it, it, 
it says there, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So it's like a, um, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a catch-all of all these wonderful fruits of the Spirit. Now, it would be silly to say that, uh, that there is no law against doing good, wouldn't it? So it can't actually mean that, really. That, that, that would be too obvious. So the meaning here uh, is, is more like this. The law exists for the purpose of restraint. That's why we're told, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie. Because God wants to restrain us from doing that. Thou shalt not covet, because God wants us to restrain, he wants to restrain us. But with the works of the Spirit, as we've seen, with the works of the Spirit, if we exhibit these things, if the Spirit is working in our lives and we exhibit these things, there's no need to restrain us, is there? If we're exhibiting love to our fellow men, there's no need to say to us, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, because there's no need for restraint. The Holy Spirit has already convicted us and produced this fruit in us so that we behave in this way. What a blessing. No need for restraint, no need for laws because we're exhibiting these, these wonderful things that God already loves and, and is already in his character. So, just coming to an end now, the fruit of the Spirit uh, makes, makes our service for the Lord effective. I mean, we can see that just, just by looking at them. Now, imagine how ineffective our service would be without the Spirit. And it's always good to go to the opposite to pick up the meaning. Now, think about this. What would be the results of our service for God if we conducted our, our, our lives um, without these fruits? So, for example, let's say instead of love, as Christians filled with love, let's say we were loveless. How would, how would, you know, how would we, how effective would our service be? What if we were sad Christians? Oh, you should be saved. I really think you should be saved. <laughs> and what if we were nervous Christians? And, and sometimes you can see it in, in some unsaved Christians. Oh, you can get to heaven, maybe, mm, if you do this, maybe, I hope so. Nervousness. Where's the, where's the truth in that? What if we were quick-tempered Christians? That wouldn't be good. What if we were unmanageable and harsh? In, instead, of, um, instead of gentle. What a time we would have in this church if we, if we, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. What if uh, we loved evil instead of abhorring it and looking always to do something wrong because we felt there was an advantage? What if, what if we were undependable? What if pastor didn't turn up each Sunday? You coming, Pastor? Oh, no, no, I'm going fishing. Undependability. 
And what if there was no submission to God instead of meekness? What if there was selfishness to man? And then, what if there was no self-control and no discipline? Well, if, if that was the case, we'd just be displaying the works of the, of the flesh, which we read. I mean, you, you, can, you can see all of that would be, would be um, verse 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, etc., etc., etc. So what would be the result of our service if we conducted our lives like this? Seriously, what would be the results? They'd be disastrous. We, we, it'd be better if we didn't tell people we were saved. This wouldn't attract anybody. So the fruits of the Spirit are absolutely necessary. When we consider the difference, when we consider the, the opposing views, the fruits of the Spirit are absolutely necessary. If we can't display some of them at least, I mean, pack up and go home. There's no point. Yes, bro. Mm. And we say, well, the Holy Spirit takes control mm. of your will. Mm. But you should, you know, if you want the Holy Spirit to take control or you make your own decision. Mm. And it's exactly the fruit of the Holy, of, of, of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It, it, because you choose to love mm. or to hate. Mm. You choose to, to, be, to, to have joy yeah. or to be sad. Yeah. But when the Holy Spirit controls your will, Mm. You will manifest the, the fruit of the Holy mm. Spirit. That is, your will is so important yeah. that you allow to the Holy Spirit Correct. to flow through yeah. you. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit bestows these fruits on us when we yield to Him. And He influences our service and brings results from those efforts. Without, without the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we have no results. We have nothing. We are, we are, as the Bible says, clanging cymbals, just, just noise that attracts no one to the Lord. So without the, our, without the Spirit, our service would be superficial and indeed would be temporary. Yes, Peter. Um, you say that Jesus sort of summed it up when he was asked what's the greatest commandment. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, exactly right. The golden rule. Yeah, love. Yeah. You know, it, it, in fact, it does, it, it fixes up all the other eight. Yeah. Okay, it's time to finish unless, yes? That's okay. Just regarding long suffering and temperance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of her. She was very fuming at the time. What would the lady 
she had to pray to me, she said, because she was a Christian. And uh, I think the Lord gave her wisdom. Mm. The next day she went into the neighbor's uh, yard. She baked, she baked some cookies, I think. She baked some cookies and some pies. Yeah. She said, I thought you would want this. I said to the neighbor, I'm sorry for what happened. Yeah. Uh, what did he do? Well, well, she could have just marched into the guy's house and had an argument yeah. with him. Mm. Tell him off and all that, as the, the flesh would want us to do. Yes. But, uh, somehow he cooled down. There you go. I accepted the cookies and accepted the cake. Yeah. And of course, she had a chance to have a conversation with him. And in the days to come, well, he opened up to, he opened up to her. Okay. She found out, of course, he had a lot of problems with his yeah. mom, leading to that kind of cancer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Steve. All right, let's pray. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, yes. That vital union with Christ produces these things. Yes. Yeah, and when we put it into perspectives like that, I think it's quite clear how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives. All right, we'll we'll bring it to an end now. Next week we'll do the we'll do the spectacular gifts, so to speak, and uh, we'll cover some of that. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, and we thank you for your wonderful gifts to us, Lord. To us, uh, people made of uh, flesh and bone and, and prone to sin, Father, we thank you for such indeed a wonderful salvation that you've given us. Lord, be with us for the rest of the service. Father, bless us, we pray, through the preaching of your word. Be with our pastor as he brings the truth of the word. Lord, guide him in what he should preach, Father in heaven. But Lord, we thank you again for, for your undertaking for each one of us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much for your attention.